Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malzahn read-through podcast. My name is Peter Bond. I've read every book in the main series. However, my co-hosts are reading the series for the first time. With me today is my friend and closest confidant, India Jones. Hello, hello. Uh, our producer, AJ Faleri. Hello. And <laughs> the wielder... <laughs> And the wielder of the Great Stone and slayer of the Kachinaruk, Joshua Dean Baker. I should know what that means, I think. No, I don't know what Kachin... A Kachin what? And that one, that one goes out to, to our, our listener, Garrett. Thanks for sending that out. Thanks, Garrett. Kachin... You're a Kachin Garuk. How's that feel? Okay. Um, also, Garrett? Garrett, Garrett, along with his uh, nickname, sent a very nice, uh, touching email that... that uh, yeah, it was, it was really thoughtful. Yeah. So thanks, Garrett. And you're like looking out the sunny window. It's very dreamy. <laughs> yeah, it's very. I'm jealous. My my apartment faces west. Bummer. I, I get this. I know. I'm looking at my plant. How, how's how's it looking? It's a begonia maculata. It looks really nice. <laughs> I uh, propagated to begonia maculata. I'll fuck with a macaguana. You just are Mac-a-lata. saying these words like I know what these words that are. That is a pretty plant. Nah, I don't see it. AJ, spell it. Begonia, B-E-G-O-N-I-A, and then maculata should fill in automatically. It's a pretty a polka, plant. A polka dot begonia. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh. Look at it. It's beautiful. This Hell is what yeah. they say damn, to do on the that. radio. Describe <laughs> describe a picture and then spell plants. That's like yeah. radio yeah. 101. Yeah. AJ, I was thinking, you know, since this episode will come out mid-June, yeah, you know, I was thinking, ah, never mind, I'm not going to do it. Thought of a bit, <laughs> it's just not worth it, you know? <laughs> okay. Sometimes I just think of these bits and they just seem like they're going to be a lot of effort, you know? Mm, okay. <laughs> Good. I'm great. I mean, this is the bit now. This is this is in the episode now. So. All right. Should we start the show? <laughs> I think maybe. Yeah. No. No. All right. We're not starting it. And All right. Let me thanks, know. everybody. Thanks. For, we'll keep chilling. Josh is petting the cat now. Looks like a cozy little cozy little kitty cat. As we continue to describe visual things in this audio medium. All right. Now we can start. Thank you, right. Mamosa. All right. When'd you learn French, dude? <laughs> Fuck you. I don't know French. Seems fun to learn, though. I'd gladly learn it, but. Chapter 12. After the Bedouin hunt, Karsa and Samar are confronted by the local people, the Anabar. They speak about trespassers on their land, so-called revenants. Karsa swears to drive them out of the forest. The Anabar leader starts telling them of a Meslin named Iskar Jarek, who they call the Iron Prophet. Iskar Jarek's kingdom is lost, and a burning bridge leads the way there. Tarlac V travels with Akarium, and they speak of the Azath and Akarium's memories. Veed tells Incarium about the Azath, the Nameless Ones, and his noble purpose to guide Akarium and assert moral focus to Akarium's rage. Berthol Mekar rallies the others in his town. He wants to help strangers that have been ambushed. Cutter is wounded, Skalar is in labor, Haboric is chopped apart, and something has happened to Greyfrog. They bring the survivors back to town, 
where Lorik rides in. Lorik wonders who did this, and Barathal says it was five Talani Mass. Lorik thinks they are looking for Felicent Younger. Barathal criticizes Lorik for not healing the others. Skalara has given birth to a daughter. Lorik then does some healing for Cutter and Skalara. He says the unbound Talani Mass serve the crippled god. Lorik and Barathal then speak of the rebellion and Aaron. Felicent awakes with the unbound Talani Mass and an old man, Kulat. He tells her they are in a city that has been wiped away by the plague, that it is now empty, but only temporarily. Others are coming to serve her, just as the plague serves the crippled god. She is the new Shaikh Reborn. Cotillion visits Mappo's camp with the Hounds of Shadow in tow. They talk together about Akarium, and Cotillion talks about how he and Shadow Throne planned. They tried to map every Azath house. They learned much, but needed to ascend to ultimately complete their goals. Cotillion wants to stop the Nameless Ones now. And the god thinks Mappo will one day save Akarium. Karsh and Samar. Karsh is like cutting up the better end, getting it all going. And then this is when they're encountered by these Anabar people. And they have a conversation about what's going on in these woods about these gray-skinned invaders, about this mysterious Iskar Jarak and his kingdom, India. When they encounter these people, they learn a lot of stuff, and then Karsa somewhat tr- makes this oath he's going to help them. Samar's trying to learn more about them. What did you make of this whole sequence? Excuse me, I'm a little sickly this week, but uh, I don't know. I feel like the whole Karsa storyline right now is just so random, and I'm not mad at it like at all but i i it it just i'm just wondering like where it's going those people are i don't i just feel like they're not gonna be very relevant but they're you know like a little passive people so it's like kind of strange i'm just very intrigued by the whole thing like how did they find karsa how do they know that he wasn't just gonna immediately kill them if i was like them and i saw him i would have been avoiding everything about him but they are just like, uh, hi, uh, so, and it's like, Mr. Kind of funny. Um, I do like the Sam or Dev, uh, like commentary because, you know, we always love that she gets a little in depth about the people and like knows things and doesn't know things. And it's just interesting to hear her point of view. Carsa is kind of an asshole telling them that they're weak and need to like get their shit together and stand up for themselves. Loved that. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what Carsa does to these gray people. And who are they? Do we know who they are? Because I, I was trying. I feel like I was like, I, I feel like I know. It's, it's got to be the Tisti Eater. That's they what I thought. Ships. The sh- like yeah. the they have, people. They, ha- they have ships. They're gray. And we knew that he was trying to expand the empire at the end of the last book. So that's. It feels like all signs point Eater. Yeah. I also agree. I think it's going to be a fun little 
They're very. I feel like Cars is kind of similar to the Eater. Is he? he what is he? He's uh, a Teblor. Well, how yeah. do you think he's similar to the Eater? I don't know. They both have like a similar vibe. Like I, don't I know. think Cars is like a good foot and a half taller than them. Or I don't something mean crazy. their physical appearance. I mean their like demeanor. Oh, hmm. similar demeanor. I don't know. Like, I'm chewing on I, it. I could feel that. Chew on it. Let me know your thoughts, because I don't know. They're like tough, aggressive, jerky-esque, like <laughs> like primitive in a way. I'm into it. I don't really get it. I don't know where it's going, but I like it, and I like those little people. They're friendly. I think it's they're they're both kind of tribal in a way. That's right? the I word. Mean, the the eater that. are super tribal, and Carsa comes from. Listen, I, Peter, I, I you guess don't I would describe this. As, you don't have to agree. I'm just thinking about it. I don't yeah. know if I'm disagreeing yet. Yeah, I'm it's, just a very, it's a very interesting comparison. I mean, I guess. I was going to say, I, I was going to bring up the parallel, how I think it's interesting that this is the first time that Kars is here talking to tribal people. But now, like in a way, he's on the other side mm. of the of the bridge, you know? Yeah. Like he is like here with Sa- Yeah, he well, he is here like with Samar looking at people being like, oh, look at these tribal people. But mm. in a way, kind of we were doing that with him or like he is right. the, Me- the Malazans are doing that with him. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I wasn't thinking about the eater in this in, in that equation, to be frank. Mm. So maybe, Man. you know what? Tweet at us. I don't know. You know? <laughs> That's a good Unless one, you're going to disagree, then don't. <laughs> yeah, then keep it to your <laughs> Agreements only, self. please. Thank you. <laughs> All right. All right. So, AJ, we've had Iskar yeah. Jarek on the podcast a few times <laughs> Yeah. Now. I was, th- yeah, when I read this, I was like, this motherfucker took a name from the book. Well, I mean, Josh, of course. Come on. I, yeah. Uh, hey, hey, Hans, I'm real. I thought he was like, I'm being 100% no facetiousness here. Thought he was like Croatian or something, like Eastern European. And I thought it was like his real name. That's not oh. name. I read it. Me too, I read Josh. It, I read it in the book and was like, well, fuck me. <laughs> no, he's like a chiller. He's from California, bro. He's, he's from California? California? Shout the, out. The, the next chapter, we get Ruthann Good, which I thought was really funny that, that Ruthann oh, Bad's that. name is now is Ruthann Bad. That's really funny. I don't funny. remember who Ruthann Good was in the book. I'll have to read. I read the chapter like yesterday, but yeah. yeah. It's very There's like stuff. a lot of those people are just call outs to, I don't know. I guess you don't know all the names, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, sorry, well, you were going to ask me a real I question, Pete. Now I know Pete. that he's not Eastern All European. I was going to say is, what did you, uh, did this strike you? This strange, a lot of strange illusions to this the yeah. future, the past. It's like <laughs> thawing. It's like, man. Yeah, there was a lot of weird stuff in here. Just, I mean, the, the biggest thing, I think, obviously, is that, that his, like, symbol or whatever is the burning bridge. Just like, Burning okay, bridge. We're in Seven yeah. Cities talking about a, a Mesla guy whose thing is the burning bridge so like is he the he, is was that he, a name is that whiskey jack's like fake name r- like, yeah right yeah. is it like w- someone who was in the original bridge burner trek across the Raraku or whatever mm-hmm. but I, I didn't really get much more it was just a whole bunch of stuff that i was like man <laughs> this is weird <laughs> mm. um yeah frozen time flowing time yeah 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 okay so Love sorry that stuff yeah, the the time stuff. I mean, you know that I love the time stuff, and I will constantly talk about the time stuff. But but it's like what the past the f- is frozen. And it's like it's we're fro- it's in, in the, the un- milk, he's bro. he's he's in the unfound time, which like that could ju- is that just the f- like 
it just seems like it's a time people haven't experienced yet, which would be the future, right? It's unfound. But I don't know, man. There's some time stuff happening. And it's mm-hmm. interesting that a, that a Mesla is part of that, I guess. Because, mm. like, I've only ever thought about the time stuff in the context of, like, the crippled god. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a lot of neat, a lot of weird, neat stuff. I really think Iskar Jarak could be Whiskey Jack, and they just, like, the name's been lost over the years. But also, they definitely mm. talked about it like it happened centuries ago. Well, Wait, but the, that... Josh, it's the unfound time, so. Jesus Christ. You're right. If no, it, it was the, it was the, the whatever time. The unfound time is what's happening next, right? Uh, an answer, where is his kingdom? An answer we yearn to find. It is lost in the unfound time. Right, right, right. But is the unfound time the before or after? I thought the unfound was the after. It's came the to you before. It's the yeah. future. I, yes, Iron Prophet came to you long ago in the frozen time. The frozen time. Yet yeah, he yeah. spoke to you of the unfound time. God. <laughs> Can Come we just on, get Josh. it together? <laughs> Josh, I think the, the Iskar Jarak being Whiskey Jack, I think is a pretty, pretty good the guess i'm gonna go with it hello yes i i don't understand no i'm saying india like like maybe some weird time shit happens here and whiskey jack came and over the years his name got like fucked up and morphed yeah like the like the fork of sale turned into the fork sill for the the he's very old we don't India, know. We, there is some weird time shit that we do not know how it lines up. And with how anything. did you even? How did you even make a connection to Whiskey Jack hearing that thing? I need to understand. I did this. I did this. Iskar Jarak, bridge burner. Whiskar Jack <laughs> burner. Got it. It's yeah. about what my brain did the, in like in like point five seconds. Yeah. Did you all think this or just no? You, Josh? I mm-hmm. didn't. Yeah. Okay. And Josh, okay. was that was that just right now you came up with that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A- AJ said with their human mouth, you know, Iskar Jarak, and I went, huh, Whiskey Jack, bridge burner. <laughs> okay, because I was like, did I miss something when I was reading? No, no, no. I, well, I was like focused on trying to understand fucking frozen and, and time. Look, look, yeah. and look, we, we <laughs> so, yeah. India, India, we know how Steve do. He, it, prob- it probably different people. And then someone later in the line was like, I can't believe you did that super cool thing where it sounded like Whiskey Jack, and he was like, yep. He's definitely <laughs> super cool like, thing oh, I did. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> we know how he do. Ah. Shit. That's definitely, that's definitely that what I had in mind. <laughs> yeah. It's all part of the vision from the beginning, baby. Yeah. The crazy thing is that only Peter knows the truth. <laughs> and he remains silent that entire time. I have to tell you, yeah. in fact, I am not a single truth. In fact, many people are aware, you know? Uh, that's true. <laughs> only Peter um, knows. Not even only, Steve knows. Only <laughs> me. Um, all right. Uh, so, whoop. Tarlac Veed. Josh, he's there. And don't worry. He's here to guard a ca- guide Akarium's hand. He's, like, totally chill. Tells Akarium a lot about, like, who the Nameless Ones are, who Tarlac Veed is, about how he's, like, a totally trustworthy guy and that, like, Akarium should just, like, don't worry about it, bro. Are you worried about it? And did you at least enjoy <laughs> learning a little bit more about the Nameless Ones? I feel like they've been pretty in the shadows and we're starting to learn just a skush, just a skushy more. I, I will say I like learning about them. I hate Tarlac Veed maybe more than I've hated pretty much any character in this series. Uh, he sucks, and how dare he? He's also just disgusting. He's always spitting he in his gross. hands, slicking back. Bleh. What the fuck? I think he drank his own piss oh, at one point. He's just always like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so my... 
And here's the thing, you say we learn more about the, the nameless ones, but everything that Tarlac Veed is saying is like scripted. So I don't know how much I can trust that about is exactly what I'm learning. What I think, when Josh. we hear a little bit about them again from uh from, from Macbo and Cotillion, and that I'm more apt to, to to believe, but um not this. This some bullshit. <laughs> and I don't trust anything Tarlac Veed says, and I can't wait for Icarian to just rip him, like rip his face in half, like from the that's my dream it's like i i gotta say i kind of love tarlac feet you know <laughs> well you're look you love you love the controversy all right you live for it well so I, just, I get it i just think he's like i i don't know i, I don't know if i really should speak a lot about it but <laughs> you know we're all just bit players in this world yeah. and he's really he's really committed to the part i guess mm. so that's to be commended i love tarlac feet as like a story part like as part of the story i think he makes it really interesting but if and I'm that, like, I think that, that's kind of where I'm at, you know, yeah, I just think he's yeah. such an interesting presence and, you yeah. know, but like if I had to meet him in person, fuck that guy. Yeah, you know? no, I don't think we'd get along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not He'd probably just gaslight like... me until I burn a city down or something. <laughs> but like it was like totally a good idea. And actually the city was like, <laughs> you know, Christ. Do you ever feel like Ikarium is just like kind of like a pet? And mm. they don't really appreciate, like, their kind of, like... Like, I just feel like, like, my cat doesn't appreciate me as a person. And I could be anyone. That is mm -hmm. how I feel about Akarium with this Tarlac bead thing. Because Mapo has been there, taking care of you for so long. You fall, you get injured, you wake up, and you don't realize that it's not your same guy? That you're just with, like, someone else now? It's, yeah. it's disheartening. I'm... It's, I mean, he does have a whole memory thing. Yeah, I but the whole it's just, the memory thing. That's what makes him like a pet. But I usually the memory, yeah, yeah, yeah. usually the memory thing is like the last like hour or two. But right. something, I, I guess, he hit his head hard enough. So no, now that, we, that no, happened no, no, at the end of Deadhouse Gates. He forgets the yeah. whole fucking book. But well, he, we, yeah. But he remembers who Mappo is. At least he's been with Mappo for thousands of years. And like, now he's just like, oh. But he, Mappo feeds him like info every time he every time this happens. So, like, as yeah, long but, as there's a comforting presence there, that comforting presence is the one Icarium uh, believes. And notice, he always just refers to them as my friend. friend or my comrade for the most part. Like, he'd say that to anybody, pretty much, at that moment who he wakes up with. I do that with people I wake up with, too. <laughs> wait, 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 you wake up together. Wait, where are we? What? what, what who am I? What are we I'm doing? What? I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Um, yeah, I think it, I, I just love Akarium, and I think he's just an interesting character. And not only mm -hmm. do I think I really like him more this time reading around, I also think just thinking about him and like kind of the way he can be this metaphor or stand in also just really is just something I can vibe with. So just love it and love love his presence in the book, you know, even though mm -hmm. it it's not like a I wouldn't. He's always kind of an understated presence, I feel. I also yeah. love Akarium, don't get me wrong. For, for such a large boy. But yeah. very comparable to my cat, and I am Mappo. But I you love your right. cat, too, you know? And I, I, would, I was saying, I was just saying how, like, I think, this is just a quick sidebar, so sorry, everyone. <laughs> I was just saying, the other day I said, I love my cat so much I could kill her. And I feel like that is the most ah, intense form of mm. love that there is. Like, you don't ever love anyone that much. There is a but whole, I love my I, cat that much. 
inch. This is we're recording this. We're recording this, India. <laughs> I listened to a whole episode of a podcast talking about when people are like so in love with something or they think something is so cute that they're like, I could crush it. Yes. Like there's a whole podcast episode about like why the human brain thinks like that. And it's, it's wild. And I don't remember any of it, but it was a good podcast episode. It sounds amazing because I my friend also has a baby and I see this baby and I'm like, I want to chop off her arms and eat them in a gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Oh, oh my god. Wow. Well, the thing is, in the gumbo, I think the spices would really get in there, you know? Right. Please, can we... Delicious. Have you ever seen a baby that's so delicious? Can we move on, I can consume your croissant cards. Also, Pete, I know your tummy. You're not eating gumbo. Get out of here. I've gotten better with the spices. Although, not a lot of gumbo over here and not a ton of spice, but, you know... I hear Japan's really known for their gumbo. <laughs> yeah, the famous <laughs> Japanese gumbo. It's the New Orleans of the East. That's what, I, that's what they call oh, it. No. Hated that. <laughs> that's what I hear. Fucking Christ. Sorry, sorry. Let's get this train back. I, I, I derailed this ride, but we're coming back. Um. So, India, uh, at the end of last time, we briefly talked about it, but we didn't really get into it because it just happened so quick that Talani Mass Ambush. Kakshasha! But like this time is really when we're catching up with the consequences of that battle. And it comes in through the point of view of Barathal Metkar, who we haven't seen since the prologue. So we finally catch up with Barathal and he comes in. He rescues the survivors. Haboric is dead. Cutter is like out of it. Scalar is in labor. Greyfrog is like deflated. Deflated. whatever that means, and they bring them back, and then Laoric shows up, and just like, I don't know, man, like, just a lot happens. Take me to what you were like reading all this stuff. I was like, I was like, okay, this this was very exciting for me, because this is the part of the book I decided that I felt like being, like, a researcher. Um, So I was like, okay, I'm going to start now halfway through the books to actually know who these characters are. More than, more than halfway through these books. More than halfway. I was like, (laughs) it's time to start knowing what they look like so when things happen, I remember who they are. So, um, Barathal. Barathal? Uh Barathal. We can all agree, and Josh said it last night when we were all texting, so I just want to bring it up and bring it around, that he's definitely related to Kalam. Yeah, they're brothers. Yeah, they've got the same name. Yeah, last name. They they seem pretty sim. Over. Except for everything else. I just feel like maybe it's mostly the name. <laughs> anyway, so I was like reading this and I was like, who the hell is that? No idea. I didn't even know that we met this character before. I thought it was the first time. So, oh so I was like, okay. And then I'm like, oh my God, who are they stumbling upon? And then they, um, that person, the girl, is like taking all the organs and shoving them back in. Oh my God, um, yes. Cutter. And I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, how dare Steve? Like, we're, I was so positive reading the end of the last chapter like how he literally like collected his intestines as they were cut out of him and i was like oh my god like this how how do you survive this but if anyone's gonna survive it it's crocus a survivor um <laughs> so lucky you know mm. opon's little coin push his push yeah. push is good luck right all mm. this to say um I was shocked. I was like, what the fuck? Then then Scalar is having her baby and conveniently only stabbed in the shoulder. Respectful Talani Mass. Um, 
And I was just like, and then I was like, where's Felicin? Because honestly, I didn't realize that they took Felicin. I don't know if I missed that. I don't know if. No, well, I don't the, think we the found. The skirmish is very chaotic. It wasn't really right. documented in that part of it. So right. then I'm like, where is she? And then, and then I find out obviously that she was actually taken and then freaking aboard. So sad. But honestly, it was a really light way to take like that kind of like horrifying scene and make it kind of fun. I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of goofy. A little bit. It yeah. was kind of yeah, goofy. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, yeah. otherwise, I feel like it would have just been, like, horrific. Like, oh, yeah. man what? found with organs lying next to him, but instead they made it, like, fun <laughs> and cute. And then Laura came back, which is awesome. Why isn't he sad that Greyfrog is dead? Don't know. He is. He but is kind of sad. No, no. Oh, 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 you're right, you're right. He said, but it feels weird. So Greyfrog either isn't dead or his soul's somewhere else. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Right, right. So, like, I think that he's like, He's like, he's like, I'm sad that he's like dead, but like, I don't feel sad. So like, what's going oh. on? And I'm like, what's going on? And all this, this was fascinating. Loved it. Loved it. I always love um, the scenes with Crocus and Gru, but it was really fun to see it from another perspective and to get, get into their little hijinks. Laoric is a healing person. Yeah, well, he, he has he, access to Denul. That's what he said. That's what he said. I, I mean, we've seen that, like, the better the mage you are, it seems like you might be able to dip in here and there, even if it isn't your specialty. Yeah. And then so gross that Crocus had all, I mean, Cutter had all, like, the shit in his little intestines. Oh and she was God, like, we're yes. going to pour boiling water in it. I was like, oh, no. No. Yeah, well, I, no, was well she was asking for the boiling water, and Barathal assumed she was going to pour it in, but she really just wanted it to sanitize the equipment mm. or whatever, mm-hmm. which I thought was very funny, because Barathal Regardless. was like, what are you doing? And she's like, shut up. <laughs> I got but it. even so, just like the rags, just ugh, gross. Anyway, loved the CNPV for what you were asking. I thought it was awesome and really, 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 really well. Um, and mm-hmm. I think you make a really interesting point about that. It's like is a scene of such like kind of severe tragedy, like kind of really brutal stuff. But it's like from this perspective where we shift into Barathol and there is this like element of like, let's get the town together. How are we healing? What's this? It's an interesting point of view shift. Josh, how did it hit you? And what did you make of Laoric's arrival on the scene who kind of shows up and he talks to Barathol a lot? There's kind of all they're ch- they chop it up, mm-hmm. you know? I, 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 I loved the scene. Uh, I was not shy about saying that I wasn't loving the Cutter and crew stuff, but um, them dying is the best thing that could have happened to that uh, storyline for me. <laughs> It got very interesting very quickly. I I found it really sad and also curious that like only Haboric died. And so there's going to be something with that. You can't have a whole Jade Hand subplot and then kill the dude who does it. Yeah. Well, so now he's one with the spirits or some shit. It'll be, it, we'll see him and it'll be even more fucking confusing than before. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but, uh. Lorik is doing a he's doing the thing where you know you need a character who just kind of shows up at the right place right time so that's that's his role in this book apparently he's riding around he's on but his I, own thing yeah but see now I now I'm curious because we're, we're sort of it feels like with what Lorik says that we are starting to set the stage of the sides in this war of the gods right like Palil and the crippled god have definitely allied okay, sure that's clear. But now we see that the Queen of Dreams, and honestly, I had assumed she was with them too, but now we see Queen of Dreams once Felicin for their own purposes. So to me, that says that they are not like, they're not diametrically opposed to the Cripple God, but they're also not on the same side. So I'm curious to see where that goes, if they're both fighting for Felicin. I'm also curious, 
why her and what they want from her. Okay, I guess we'll see. Not yeah, yeah, I saw that right. Yeah. Your face made me confused when I said Felison. I was like, is that the right name? It was. No, no, you're right. I was just trying to remember whether who talked about the Queen of Dreams in this chapter, whether it was Loric or when it was when Felison Younger's actually in that city. No, it's Loric straight up says the I you know, I came for her for the Queen of Dreams, but yeah. I guess it's too late now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, the five Talani mass have to be the Teblor gods, right? Because I thought, uh, mm. didn't we have uh Carsa took care of two of them, and I believe five of them made it away, and then they, I'm pretty sure in the fourth book, sort of got cripple godded. Am I right with that, Pete? Am I right at the end of the... Yeah, okay, Peter's vibing. Okay, I was pretty sure that was correct. I had a vague memory. Say it again, Josh. Wow, Josh. Also, I just want to give you some quick kudos, but please repeat. The, the five Talani Mass who attacked Taboric in them, I'm pretty sure, are the Teblor gods because uh, we see them in the fourth book. One of Two of them get taken out because I think there's seven originally and five of them escape and I think talk with the crippled god or like someone for the crippled I god. I think they call pretty themselves sure. the Unbound at some point. They do. They do. That's what, yeah, that's the other thing. They have, they call themselves that, yeah. Are so, they the ones that turn into a puddle? They all turn into they all dust turn into and dust. sand. That's a, that's a Talon thing. But yeah, so... I, I had that feeling, so okay, I, God, Peter somewhat confirmed that it is those five. Very um, cool. Very and then nice the follow. Yeah, fantastic, Josh. Thank you. And then Laoric and Barathal was cool. I didn't realize, so so Barathal's, I mean, they. it seems like he has taken the blame for the massive slaughter at Arryn that we hear about throughout the books as being like the end of the war and also kind of the reason, like the last time the Talani mass were used by the Empire because they just like killed super indiscriminately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but interesting that like he opened the door for dust people and gets the blame. Like the, yeah. he was like he's already there, like they're dust people. They don't need doors. I thought I found that, I found that very humorous. Mm. Mm. And also makes sense why he is like got all the shit he's got, but is just kind of chilling in this teeny village. I thought that was cool. I loved the scene where Loric and AJ. I wonder what you make of it. Loric and Barathol are talking. Barathol just an absolute king, and um, <laughs> they're there and they're like Lor he's like yeah they're like talking about the rebellion you know and something we touched on a bit when we first introduced barathol but he's like the, like i like the rebellion was for you and then he's like yo i didn't ask you to have this rebellion you know and it's this kind of conversation about wh- like what exactly did the apocalypse mean you know and it's i just mm-hmm. love that dialogue mm-hmm. you can just share other thoughts if you want on the chapter? No, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm interested in the what the apocalypse mean line of thinking because, like, kind of by the definition of an apocalypse, it's like not really anything, you know, because the object of an apocalypse is to just destroy everything. Mm. And I'm not sure if there is meaning to be found in that. You know, it's just well, kind I, of like I don't know. I, I don't mean to be Mrs. Apocalypse over here, but like I, you know, uh, this is too much. We can't fully derail a show, but. But like, aren't like, isn't the thing about the apocalypse is that it hasn't happened and people have been saying it's going to happen for a really long time, you know? Yeah. So Mm. it's like, isn't it like, oh, we're going to have an apocalypse. It's like it's happening. It's like the rebellion. We're like, we're here. It's apocalypse time. Um, and like, okay, it wasn't. And it like, what exactly did that rebellion mean? Um, mm. I, uh, for me, I kind of wish it was like a separate thing, but I don't think it's actually what I want it to be, you know? Yeah. What do you mean you want it? Like, what do you want it to be? Like, I don't know. Would you actually call it a rebellion? Shaikh's no. rebe- like, no. rebellion? No. 
and that's what I mean. I kind of, you, you kind of are introduced to it as a rebellion, but I mm. don't, like, when you actually look at all the forces, look at their motives for being in it, what ultimately it is, where it came from, I don't know. I yeah. mean, it is, it is a rebellion, you know, but what does it mean is, a, is an interesting question. Yeah. All right, let's get the show back on track, baby. Yeah, I'm sorry, room, room. sorry we're back on a... the road. So, uh, AJ, let's let's cut to then. Thelis and the the younger, we actually catch up with her in this city that's been like decimated by the plague. All yeah. you know, they, she meets this old dude. He's like, people are gonna come. They're gonna worship you. You are Shaikh Reborn. Shaikh three <laughs> We mastered <laughs> it. What did you What did you take away from it? Uh, I just thought it was interesting. I don't know. It's like. I'm curious who this man is. I mean, we know his name. Kulat. Kulat. Yeah, old Kulat. Old Kulat. Old Kulat. I, I've at first thought he was um, fucking, what's his name? The guy that Karsa cut off his arm, his hands and feet, but I forgot that he died at the end of House of Chains. Oh, yeah. I think you're talking about. I thought for yeah. a second him too, but then he didn't. He wasn't hurriedly maimed, so yeah. I, for, I, I forget his name. It's really yeah. bothering me. But, he, but they, I, they they do describe this uh, Kulat as like a broken man, um, of course. In some way, yeah. I mean, you gotta, you know, it's crippled God. Gotta be broken. Gotta be broken. Shout to, out, House of Chains. Gotta to hang with the crippled God. Um, uh, yeah, it's just so. I, I'm just so interested that like Shaikh is still. A through line in these books because like i know two I know. times now she's just been like unceremoniously just fucking like the first one just gets a quarrel through her head or whatever and then the the second one just like gets stabbed and like for, for us it was a big deal but for like the rebellion it's just like no she just goes and gets stabbed and that's it mm-hmm. um and i'm just like so interested in this well now it's this is the like like the first shake without like a, a drajna right or because 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 wasn't I mean, I not, know what you're not getting at. Dr- yeah, yeah, because yeah. because we killed the Talani mass that was in. Yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one I, that, I yeah, can't the think spirit of the words. Of the spirit of Drajna. Thank you. Yeah. So this is interesting is like, what does this shake mean? You know, what is this shake bringing sure. about? Is it still apocalypse? Is it still? I mean, <sighs> there it is. Kulat says the the apocalypse is of the spirit crushed, broken, slave to its own weaknesses. So it seems like it's just going to be even if slash when this new Shaikh dies, they're just going to find a new one. And it's just going to mm-hmm. keep happening until it, oh, yeah. until it happens. Like there will always be a new Shaikh until the apocalypse d- actually does happen. Mm. And I guess that's like that's kind of what Kulat is saying is like no matter what happens, like it's all part of the apocalypse's plan, you know. It's it's that mm-hmm. classic crippled god shit of like, oh, you did this thing that was all part of the plan. Maybe it's chaos. Everything can happen. It's all part of the plan. So it's I, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see this like more directly connected with the crippled god, and it seems like we're kind of like building a force now to to like be aligned with the crippled god. I guess you know what I mean? Because like mm-hmm. as of, up until now, it's kind of just been like a couple of weird guys. And yeah. the crippled God. And now that we yeah. have a Shaikh who is like a physical being in this place, like, you know, we've seen Shaikh build a rebellion before or build an well, army or this, whatever. And this rebellion is going to be exclusively plague people who hear voices <laughs> yeah, in their heads. Apparently, so yeah. there it's going to be, <laughs> I mean, the most dedicated but probably least effective army ever seen. Right. But, dude, that's the whole crippled God's M.O. You just throw it a is. bunch. You, they don't have to be good. There just has it's to be a lot. It's chaos, baby. Yeah. yeah, it's chaos, baby. It's everywhere. It doesn't have to be good. It just has to be there. But the thing is that I like about this is, like, for so long where I'm just like, 
Well, it's a rebellion, you know? <laughs> it's like some random people rebelling. But like you just said, AJ, I think it's interesting now to connect it. Like, it makes so much sense mm-hmm. that it would have been connected to the crippled god. And I don't know yeah. why I didn't think or see that. Meanwhile, we hear so much about the crippled god and chaos and la di da It's like, well... Mm-hmm. How how could we all be so fucking blind to not make that connection? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's we're kind of in the shoes of like, I don't, I don't know. We have no information until we have information. And it's right. Just but it's brilliant. like we do. But it's we do have the information. You know, we we right. know about the crippled God. We know about Sheik. And the connection is like right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we mm-hmm. just never like we just had to be presented it on a plate and be like, oh, be okay, well, yeah, duh. right. Like horses to water. Yeah. So in the last part of the chapter, Josh or India, did you want to talk about Cotillion? Mm, what about Cotillion? Ooh, what about mm-hmm. him? Uh, so he drops in on Mappo and Iskarl Puskamp, and he has a whole rap session about what was once his plan to, and him Shadow Throne, they were like in the ads going around. Just making maps, baby. Making maps, talking about elements, trying to chart them as ads, baby. And then they were like, we got to ascend, see you. And then, uh, <laughs> and then he's like, "God bless. I think you're gonna do good." And my, you're like a great priest, Scarl. And then he like straight bounces, and he's got the doggos. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I feel like Cotillion scene. I, this was just a fun scene. Cotillion just dropping in to chat with the boys. You know, just mm-hmm. just straight out having a nice little campfire. You know. Absolutely. And his Carl Puss honestly is starting to grow on me. I can't. I hate yes. it. I know. It's yes. true. I hate it. It's Pust so annoying. Like, Pust or bust. Yeah, actually, though, like I found myself reading that. I actually um read it twice this part because I kind of liked it. I thought it was funny and hilarious, which is like new friend. Uh-oh. Wow. Um, I know. Gross. Um, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really good. Um, I still like, I, I don't know. I think it's fun to have these little bits where you're kind of learning things, but you're also just, like, having a good time with the boys. Mm. So, um, into it and intrigued. I Scarlet Post has now, because before I was just like, you're a fucking moron, but now I'm like, you're actually pretty useful in, like, a strange way. So, um, definitely into it, definitely vibing, and intrigued. Mm. Before we go to chapter 13, we just want to take a moment and thank everyone who sponsors us on Patreon. I love it. This is for the Patreon. We want to thank you for supporting us. Supporting us. Supporting. No, we're not doing it. Okay. Nope. This week, we'd like to thank the following patrons for joining our small cult of the apocalypse. (laughs) Nice. Alexander, Courtney, Dingle, Eli, James, and Nolan. Thank you all. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Uh, it's always nice to have patrons. <laughs> we love you. Thank you for supporting us on our Patreon. That's an India Jones original. Let's yeah. kick it. Chapter 13. Perrin, Ganath, and the others return to Seven Cities. They are going their separate ways. Perrin agrees he owes Ganath a favor. Perrin then gives Carpulian the Otataral sword. The merchant breaks it and returns a shard to him. Perrin then rides off towards the nearby city of Gadanaspan. He is soon stopped by two Malazan soldiers, 
who arrest him for desertion. The city is occupied by one arm's host. Perrin soon knocks out his captors and ties up a captain and a soldier. Perrin goes out and into the host and finds Herlock, and they catch up. The plague has been devastating Seven City and seems to be coming from the Grand Temple of Polil here in Gadanisban. Dujak led an assault, met the goddess, and has returned with the plague. Lestara joins up with the survivors of Yucatan. She speaks of Tenai Baralta and Sin. Then she speaks with Faradan Sort about luck and how she survived Yucatan. Kalam and Quickben speak about their pasts. Quickben feels old. Quick asks Kalam why he hasn't killed Pearl yet, but Kalam doesn't seem bothered. He is more concerned with the war between the gods, Tavor, and the Empress. Quick Ben still wants to kill Pearl. Fiddler speaks with Korab, inviting him to join his squad. But when talking about Yigatan, Fiddler is shocked to hear the name Dunsparrow, Whiskey Jack's sister. Fiddler knew her as a girl, and he speaks briefly about her past and Hood's temple. Absalar thinks of Whiskey Jack's past as a mason. She thinks of Lassine and rumors around Dasimaltor. She wonders if Whiskey Jack worshipped Dasimaltor, what the Queen of Dreams role is, and worries about being involved with Quick and Kalam. Bottle walks with Korak. He is worried about meeting Quick Ben. He doesn't know if he has learned anything or if he's just been burdened. Hellion needs a drink. Gessler realizes they need to let the 14th know about them, and he suggests Apsalar go ahead. Apsalar gives Masan Galani her horse and knife, and she rides out forward. However, nearby, Dejim Nabral hunts and is hungry. Dejim Nabral attacks her, and she manages to survive, but kills one of Dejim's bodies and wounds the others. She then hears and sees one of the Derogoth. Dejim has lost the scent of the Derogoth. The Malzans then see creatures moving through the dark. The Derogoth find Dejim and kill all but one of his bodies. They take his last body and leave. With the 14th, kindly speaks with Pores and Ruthann Good. They speak about Talani Mass, Jagout Sorcery, and the peoples of Strike and Falar. Kenab thinks about going home and making amends. He then hears of new cults about the chain of dogs and thinks about its meaning. He wonders about the Wiccans and of Tenai Baralta. Nether thinks the plague is hunting the Malazans. Masan is found and Filler watches. He speaks with Bottle. He asks about Teleris and Kirtle, who Bottle can see are both dragons. Outside of the walls of Gadanus Ban, Perrin returns, he kind of says goodbye to these travelers, and then he ends up in the walls. We find out Dujak's host has been here, kind of learn about what's been happening in Gadanus Ban, what's happened to the host since Ganabacus. 
Josh, uh, what did you make all this? I have a distinct memory of reading this section for the first time, and I was like fucking stoked as hell. I was like, what up? Dujek's in the house. He, we, the fucking, let's let it rip. How'd you feel? Uh, I did really enjoy this section. Uh, I really, uh, the, the, the parent and Ganath thing where there's like some tension about them, like you've unleashed a force into the, you're, fuck off. You're a jagged. You guys are just always forces of what destruction. So, um, but the giving the, the favor is a choice. Cause like fantasy book favors are never cool. They're always okay. like, all right, as a favor, I'm going <laughs> to chop off your left foot for this thing I need. I don't know. They're always like terrible. Um, so that was a choice. And I do want to say the Ota Terrell sword thing yeah. was so cool. I, I, I'm i on the record, and the Discord was a big fan that I love it, but the Trick All Trade Guild is the coolest shit ever, and the fact that their payment is just, like, they're gonna shatter an Ota Terrell sword and everyone gets, like, a fragment uh, to, like, go sell, I guess, for, like, mad money. I thought that was genius. And also, like, a cool symbol, in a way, of, of Perrin really, like, just breaking with the past Perrin. Sure. Because he was with Lorne only for a short time, but it was such, like, an impactful time for him, mm-hmm. and this is him kind of being, like, goodbye, Lorne, character from book one yeah. i'm now done with you well this is the second time we've seen him give up a magic sword yeah because he had yeah, he had doesn't that's true in the first one or he, whatever it was in the first one which was opan's yeah. sword and he was like no fuck this love love him being like I, I don't need a fancy sword give me some iron yeah great and then the one arms host thing was so good i loved him being like all right i well, first off as soon as he was arrested like that fast i was like mm, <laughs> this is not correct they're jumping to crazy conclusions and then the captain who's just like laying down i was and like with the crazy hair i was like you're just an uncool hellion like hellion really nails the sort of i don't care captain but also she's like like secretly competent but this lady sucked i guess because she's like a princess and got like some sort of title by blood or something Wow. What about what we've seen so far makes you think she rose to that rank through (laughs) sheer competency, India? I think that she's a decisive leader. She said... (laughs) Paris said one thing. Kill this man and rip his fingernails off in the process. He gave you the right to speak. Rip his fingernails out. Yeah, no, she sucks. She sucks shit. Uh, And I was very happy that the guy's nose got broken. What did he do to her? Did he just punch her in the, in the face? face. Her? He just, yeah, yeah, he like okay. uppercutted her and knocked her out. Yeah, this is, this is the parent I like when he's just di- very impulsive. Very good to <laughs> me. Um, uh, loved all of this, and I was really curious when we got in here because I remembered they had that talk a while ago uh, where it was like, Dujek's army has been broken and I assumed up until he talked with uh Herlockle Herlock whatever his name is her name their name don't remember uh <laughs> I assumed that you know the brokenness was already like was from the whiskey jack thing which it was but like man what a bummer that the brokenness is also that the entire leadership core has the fucking plague because they met the plague goddess 10 out of 10, didn't see that coming. Loved the whole section. And the segue from this scene to uh, Captain Kindly in the next scene. <laughs> after after, after Herlock was like, you should be Captain Kindly. He's a huge dick. And then the very next scene, we see Captain Kindly being a huge dick. Mm-hmm. So good. So, so good. Loved it all. And she, before, you said you were feeling high-key bored of Perrin? Okay. <laughs> I don't even feel like explaining this because... <laughs> 
All right. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to. It's yeah, yeah, just yeah. like, it's, like it's, it's good. No worries. I, it's not even like I'm bored just because like I'm confused and I just don't like Perrin is literally all over the place. He like mm. is just going one place and then another place. And then and I'm just like, I just don't like, where is the girl that he was just with? Why did they leave? I was just very confused about this whole, how are you here now? Where were you going? I'm just, Parents' story is confusing, and that's why I'm annoyed. Well, they they needed they had the trickle trade guild because it seems like the the plot needed him to be in a bunch of places. So they mm-hmm. just kind of like they met in a place, and then they warned they they warned traveled to the other place, and then they warned traveled conveniently to a place in Seven Cities nearby One Arm's host. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like it's literally magic that he's making all these places in the time that he is. Yeah. It's just very stressful for me. I think. Yeah. Well, and I think his yeah. No, go ahead. His original goal was to just release the Hounds of Shadow uh, Mm -hmm. for to to capture Dejim Nabral. But now I don't really do. Do we know what his object is? Yes. His object is he's master of the deck and (laughs) he's doing him to save the world. That's all we know. And they're like, oh, it looks like we need a master of the deck. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, what can you even do? But honestly, he can put he can he can make cards and put bears in them, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He gets to design his own Yu-Gi-Oh cards now. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a custom Yu-Gi-Oh card Shadow designer. Dimension, bitch. Fuck. Ah, so good. Oh, that man. reference is lost on me. Yeah, that's all right. What? We'll have to watch Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know what Yu-Gi-Oh is. And it was like, Yu-Gi-Oh! In the beginning. Yeah, there you go. Now but that's, that's as far as I got. That show really just pissed me off growing up. I couldn't even... <laughs> a lot of things make India mad, I'm noticing. All right, let's keep things rolling. So, I just gotta say, Lestara catches up. She's talking with Faradan's sort. I don't know about you guys. Someone popping out for me reading this book time again. Faradan's sort, just like, respect. Nothing, yeah, Inge? Really quick, I just want to point out, and I just need to know if I'm right or wrong. Um, Princess of Filari, and that's his last name. <laughs> it's very funny, yeah. Okay, it's so actually, I'm just making it's sure a, that we... It's Filari, right? It's Filari, my last name is Falari. But the Falar is a different place. But Falari yeah. is the is how people do say my last name. But uh, Falari? it's the same to me. Yeah, yeah, everybody says Falari. That's what I get all the time. Falari? Yeah. Well, it looks like Falari. Well, the thing is, AJ, I've known you since I was a child, so mm. I don't think that sounds very believable to mm. me. Yeah, I think you know? that's true. Yeah. AJ, it does sound believable to me, and I thought <laughs> of you immediately when I was reading that. And I was Thank like, you. this is funny. We have to bring it up. And then nobody brought it up. So That's pretty funny. Here we are. Yeah. We well, didn't even uh, get to the Falar strike stuff. I love that conversation totally the, different thing though let's get just talk about fair okay. sort she's a bad yeah. bitch we i'm so confused because we i thought that in the last thing we read she implied that she wasn't a storm wall person and she still is being very coy about it i guess but like when's she gonna give up the goat josh i think you're just gonna have to read the book fuck you <laughs> unacceptable unacceptable we're not reading the book on this podcast i'll just go to the wiki <laughs> i'll figure Flawless. it out there. all right well let's uh let's talk a bit aj about kalam yeah. and quick ben yeah so this conversation quick ben's like damn seems like it'd be great if pearl was dead why don't you just kill him kalam <laughs> um and then, but then, you know, they start talking about this war between the gods, which is everyone's, it's the hot topic around mm-hmm. town. Mm-hmm. Start thinking about the Empress and uh, Tavor. What you take away from this conversation besides a few oh, few guys starting to feel a little long in the tooth? Oh, besides two guys feeling long in the tooth? I love it. Hey. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Teeth don't get longer when you get older. What does that saying mean? So, AJ, you were saying? 
You know, um, so I really like the beginning and end of this this section because I don't know. I, I love that. Like they're just See too you, old. Josh, but a bing. They're just two old soldiers hanging out. And I really love that. And not that they're old. They've just seen a lot. So just like getting tired of your own memories like thing is just like really. I love that shit, you know, sure. Because it's kind of just I don't know. So long in it. the tooth. Oh, it comes from uh, horses. Uh, so when horse teeth <laughs> get longer as they get older, Ew, and so really? you would describe you would describe things as long in the tooth in reference to horses. Oh. That's actually really interesting. I'm sorry I slammed you. That was a great horse fact. Thank you for bringing it on the show. This no was problem, ho- no this was horse facts. Horse facts. Um, <laughs> now I have to find a jingle for horse facts. God I damn just it! Put it. Just put in a name. Horse facts. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I just got that. That's great. Yeah. Um, no, but this is like, I don't know. I always love when Quick Ben and Kalam talk to each other just because they're just like old bros, you know? There was some tension here, though. Was I there? mean, I think Absalar being like, hey, you're, you're good with Hood, right? Like, I think that's really put a weird I tenor really, on this whole I, thing. Well, mm, what, Josh? What, 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 what are you feeling? I found their whole conversation to be really, like, tense for me. Like, I feel like their relationship for a long time has been about not telling the other what to do explicitly and just trusting that they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing now with Quick Ben being like, you should kill Pearl and Kalam. <laughs> I'd really, like to see Pearl disposed of. <laughs> and, and Kalam really kind of just like keeping some stuff to himself. I was like, that, this feel, I like, I felt like in the first three books, to me, they were this unstoppable duo. And I'm really yeah. seeing the chinks in the armor here. Like, they are. I, I don't know if it's chinks in the armor. I think you're just seeing a more nuanced depiction of their relationship. Or do you really feel like it's changed? Me as a first time reader, it feels like it changed. Yeah. Interesting. Because we, I mean, you got to think, we see him in book one, which is written eight years before any other books. So essentially their, their, their time there is very little. Second book, they split up until the very end. Sure. Third book, they're still split up because it's happening concurrently with the second in some ways. So Mm. we haven't seen a ton of the two of them together. I'm somewhat biting my tongue, but I'll say this. I mean- their dynamic is definitely different. So I, I see where you're getting at that, Josh, yeah. you know, <laughs> but I do. I do know what you mean, Josh, like in that, like I think about that assassin sequence early in that book. I mean, like they're like rolling around like chiller, chill ass bros, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. All right, we can go. Yeah. I'm sorry. Quick Ben saying I'd like to see Pearl disposed of has big. I don't care for Job energy. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just love that because it's like he's not saying he's gonna kill him he's just doing that thing where he's like man it sure would be great if someone <laughs> somebody yeah. he yeah. was dead yeah but yeah but the eh. end of this section though the the you never answered my question and then like i don't know that feels like old bros you know hmm. i don't know well absalar is there mm-hmm. and josh and fiddler Mm-hmm. And fi- and the and the fiddler Josh. Last time we were on the we made a podcast. You said Absalar uh, changes the dynamic of groups she enters. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, here she is, kind of observing, and she starts thinking about like, damn, I don't know if it's like like maybe getting involved with these guys isn't the right decision for me. Yeah, I, I getting in her head is always really really interesting. Uh, I. I, I think she's having a lot of the same thoughts as me of like, well, I thought they were the most competent duo. And now I'm like, well, we're all just human. So don't know sure, if this is the sure. right play. Um, did we talk about the Dunsparrow thing yet? 
Mm-mm. No, we haven't. Okay. We you, you can let's talk about it. You want to get I, into it? Yeah, I, I thought that reveal. Fucking nuts. Oh, I the, accidentally I accidentally skipped it. Yeah, that's so. why I said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the Dunsparrow reveal was. I mean, first off, no, we have no background on Whiskey Jack, and it wasn't until except that I think I knew that him and Fiddler went way back. I think I knew that. But short of that, that was it. So Newton had no idea he had a sister. And where did they save the sister from again? A cult? Uh, from a, a Hood's, yeah. Hood's temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the, the mom though. died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Craziness. I mean, Dunsborough came out of nowhere. And it, I actually really like that we now have a reason. Because I would have been supremely uninvested in Dunsparrow if she was just a random shitty Malazan. But now knowing that it's Whiskey Jack's sister, phenomenal. Love it. Mm. I do love it because it is an interesting thing. And then it's interesting in a way that it complicates, you know, we actually don't learn that much about her more or not that much about Whiskey Jack, but it just, and that's what's interesting when it pivots to Absalar, when it really just highlights how little you actually know about Whiskey Jack besides like three things. It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. who even was that dude? I've said since the beginning that like, one of the strengths of this series is how important the things that happened before it are and how, like, they don't get revealed. Like, it's yeah. such a big part of this story. I do want to say, speaking of reveals, Absalar says something about Whiskey Jack being a Mason and Masons mm-hmm. being a lot of the houses. I called that in book one. They mentioned the Mason of High House death, and then a couple chapters later, Whiskey Jack said he was a Mason, and I was like, oh, well, he's going to die and become the Mason of High House death. So, been <laughs> saying it since whatever book that was talked about, and I feel very vindicated now. Um, I mean, we still don't know. <laughs> I just oh, love that. we know. <laughs> it could be Dunsparrow. Dunsparrow's already consecrated. <laughs> I just True. still love, I mean, it was like in text before, but it's really laid out here how much Korab is like, oh yeah, and then Leoman met this girl, and it was like fucking ruined everything. She made fun of me, Korab, the Korab, Korab the <laughs> <laughs> So uh, good. Funny dude. India, did you have any thoughts about uh, Dunsparrow being Whiskey Jack's sister? No, I don't know what that means or the importance of it or the significance of it. And I just well, you see, Whiskey understand. Jack was an old soldier. <laughs> he has a sister that we didn't know about. Right. And it's like, well, who was Whiskey Jack before he became a soldier? He was a see, yeah, exactly. You're saying it with a voice, but this is <laughs> yeah, a very important question. That is exactly question. the point. Indy, you I literally it. just made that point, but in a sincere voice and not in like a voice. <laughs> <laughs> And he has a sister who's like way, 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 way younger than him. Why? Stepsister. Oh. Who raised her? Kalam and him? Fiddler, uh, Fiddler. Fiddler. kind of got same, her out of the temple. Kalam and Fiddler. I will never know the difference. Between. Do you know how much I would pay? How much I would pay for a sitcom of Kalam and Fiddler raising young Dunsparrow together. <laughs> oh, so good. Or, or was Fiddler raising it with Whiskey Jack? I think yeah, it was Fiddler, Fiddler and Whiskey Jack. Jack. It was Fiddler still, and Whiskey Jack, yeah. So, would love it. Wait, but so so what happened was Dunsparrow had a mom uh-huh. and she died. Yes. Yes. And then who took and then Ooh, just notice the parallel somewhat between Solara. If Solara died and then that kid came out, yeah. uh, that would have been a whole Hood thing, too. Hmm. Yeah. Um, hmm. The, the the priests of Hood took Dunsparrow as a, as a baby and consecrated her under Hood's name. Right. And then so Fiddler and Whiskey Jack what? rescued her. Oh, well, she's got some weird primordial connection to Hood. Yeah, who knows? Although I liked Fiddler's uh, argument of, well, we just never talked about it, so it, it's not real. <laughs> Yeah, it yeah. was funny. That's it so like never good. did. Yeah, we it took was its never power brought away. up. So like, she had a pretty good upbringing. 
I think we should run with the Dunsparrow sitcom with the Whiskey Jack Fiddler dads because yeah. they have to green light it. It's Pride Month, baby. That's the law. <laughs> yeah, you know? So um it'd be like kind of like a low-key hate crime if they didn't. So <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I'm gonna stand on that hill with you, India. <laughs> but um no, but my question is so this this point, is the Malazan TV show. Nothing else. You yeah. don't need to know anything about the characters. Absolutely anyway. not. Anyway. Here's my question. Do, so we only know that they raised this girl, and then at some point, they all separated? Yeah, we don't know when that And we happened. don't know. So they literally raised a child and then abandoned? Are we what are we going to say here? Maybe. She's in her 20s now, and how long has it been since, you know? I'm really excited to figure out what's going on here. I yeah. guess we'll see. Uh, I, guess. I have a feeling it's not going to be satisfying, though. I'm never satisfied with the things that, like, I want to be satisfied by. Preach. Mm. <laughs> never, not, never satisfied. Shut up. Oh, oh yeah. Hamilton's satisfied. Hamilton's satisfied. All right, there we go. That was the DMCA. We made it this far, but <laughs> it's over. Cease and desist with the podcast. You're done. So, Josh, uh, Bottle is hanging out. And uh, do you think Bottle's going to be like, do you think Quick Ben's going to be impressed with Bottle? I think Quick Ben is going to be like untrusting of Bottle because that's mm. Quick Ben's whole MO. Quick Ben's like, no, no, it's cool that I have all this power, but you? <laughs> I don't know if that's cool. I don't know if it's cool that you have a lot of power, too. I got, like, 12 guns, but that one gun, I don't know if that's yeah, good for yeah, you, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Quick Ben's super shady Yeah, we were, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, well, yeah. very, like, like, yeah, of course I know this and you don't need to know this, but you over <laughs> there, I'm not sure about you. Whoa, did yeah. you just learn something? I don't know. I yeah. don't know if you should know <laughs> something. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, I, that's how I feel like that would go. Um, I I do love the soldiers again, though. I like uh, one of the it was a tar came over and wanted one of the fetishes from Korik. I just love that little throwaway line. So funny that they're going to be they're going to be boned up again when they get back. Um, anything else, Pete, you want to ask? Here's what I want to tell you. So then we cut to Hellion, who's having a bad time. <laughs> She's going through withdrawal. Oh, yeah. Going through withdrawal. Rough. Um, it's so good. It's so good. Hellion's there and she says that priest the one who ran away I'm going to find it I'm going to tie him up and fill his body with worms push oh, him yeah. into his mouth his nose his eyes and ears and other places too yeah and then touchy responds and says it sure is hot <laughs> really good really good just yeah you know yeah. Lo- love love the stuff love hanging out with the soldiers sometimes you know it's, sometimes. it's good stuff sometimes mm-hmm, yeah. sometimes not all the time but sometimes yeah so AJ or uh, mm-hmm. yeah, let's get into that. AJ, do you want to talk about all this? Yeah, the oh, the Mass and Galani stuff. Because because uh, see, after you talk about the soldiers, the whole chapter kind of starts blurring. It becomes this huge thing about yeah. the Dargoth, about Masan Masan Galani sent ahead. It's like go, you know, you're take gonna ride for- horse. Yeah, take take my my horse and my knife, and you're gonna ride forward, and then shit. Breaks bad. Dejim Nabral's there. Daragots are there. Kaka, kaka. Dejim Nabral gets totally fucking pwned. And uh, Masan Galani is like, has a bad one, but she she makes it through, you know? Yo, sh- her killing that one and injuring the other is nuts. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. She, she, she's fucking ripping it, you know? Yeah. She rules. 
Yeah, so what you think of this whole sequence? The whole chapter kind of bl- blows up on it with Tyne Lex. I loved it. I mean, it's it kind of uh, flips the the normal stuff when we get introduced to a new character and they go off into some there's no way they'll survive situation. Sure. Uh, and she does survive, mm. but does wind up horribly injured. We don't find out till later that she does just kind of remain bleeding, but yeah. is still alive after a couple hours. Um, or however long it is. No, I mean, I loved this. I thought this was great. I thought the uh, back and forth between Dejan Nabral and, and Masangalani's POVs was very good. Mm. And then the, the the Hound of Shadows showing up right at the very end of that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it runs away and she just says, wait till Salt Lick and the rest hear about this one. Yeah. Just really, really good. Really good stuff. Yeah, I think it's fun to cut between them all. I don't know. Inge, what'd you yeah. make of this sequence yeah. in Masangalani here? Um, yeah, so... I thought it was cool. Not very, like, I'm getting a little more, I guess, like, um, in, interested in, like, these, like, I don't, the battle scenes are rough, but the mm. ones when it's just, like, one really big thing against one other person and it's, like, kind of cool is, like, kind of cool. So, yeah. yeah, so I thought it was really cool. Um, I do like when we have new female characters that just own shit and like you know i i enjoy it i enjoy the the drama of it all india likes so, a bad bitch we know exactly yeah, it you is guys now. know me you know my mo i love a bad bitch and this was actually extremely like i was not expecting it I, I because we keep hearing this did gem it's like mm-hmm. a huge scary monster that just like kills and eats things and i don't know i wasn't expecting it, it just, but also guys just hear me out mm-hmm. in some like sometimes People are getting real fucked up by these things. All mm-hmm. different things. For example, Talani Mass or the Kachachi Chachachas. Mm-hmm. And then other times, people like this person whose name I don't know. Masan Galani. Masan Galani. Come out and just like act as if it was just some bitch, you know? And I'm just impressed and also intrigued. So hopefully, and I also, I don't know, like, I know there's just becoming so many more characters again. These are just my stream of thoughts that I'm sharing with you guys. I just, yeah. it becomes a lot. I mean, we're back with the 14th, right? So we're just like popping around to all these different mm-hmm. POVs and stuff. And Masanglani, for all intents and purposes, is a member of the 14th. So she's just another one of those little POVs we pop around to. You see, you could tell me, so it was the 14th and one arm's Host different? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the one arms host is the seventh. They came they came from Ganabacus. They were in the Paninian campaign and then oh, they were three. brought here i think they showed up in bone hunters right because we saw them yeah show up we in haven't book. we we haven't seen them since we we heard about them in house of chains as like yeah. oh some yeah. bad shit happened but then we haven't actually seen them yeah. since. but i think they no. were on their way earlier but they should they, this this is when we like we first met them obviously with perrin yeah right yeah so um awesome but also i'm getting a little bit like turned around again by all these characters mm-hmm mm. I think you bring up an interesting point, India, about like there are just times where like these things will kick ass and then other times where they will just get their asses kicked. Yeah. Like when when Desmond Brawl first comes upon Mappo and Acarium, it's like, I don't know, mm-hmm. apparently right. pretty bad. But and it then ambushes he, them and it's it at, ambushes it's at them. full strength. Sure. But like, yeah, it's at full strength. I guess that's what it is, because it did just have that huge fight with a scar pus. I, so it's kind of at less strength. But like even uh, yeah, I, I guess it does say from Dejan Nabral's point of view, it's just like desperate for food. Like it's just desperate to eat. So it's not ah. being like super stealthy or whatever. Yeah, my PO, my it felt to me like that was why he, they were making such a big deal about that is mm-hmm. so that it was believable that it got taken out. One of them <sighs> taken out by uh, Gallum. Yeah. So 
after the big battle, we do go to the 14th, where we check in with Kindly. Uh, they speak about... The, f- the 14th proper, yeah. The yeah. 14th proper, yes. They speak about the Talani Mass, the Jagut, and then they talk about Falar, which is an awesome conversation. Yeah. And did you like that, AJ? I really loved that talk. I loved it. Yeah, I thought that was awesome when they're like, yeah, I mean, everybody who's from Falar thinks that the red hair and stuff is like a Falari trait. But actually, that's a it's a that's um, a actually an imperialist trait. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, yeah, that ruled. I don't know. It's just fun. I just love that, like setting up a uh, really old world history stuff that will never like really be relevant, but like did happen. Um, sure. It's just like cool and fun to learn about. Um, yeah. It's cool. And then Josh Kenneth is there and he's like, damn, I should go home. Got to like make things right. Thinks about the chain of dogs. Thinks about Tene Baralta. And he thinks mm. a lot about the Wiccans. I loved the whole like him being like, am I allowed to get mad at seven cities for mm. kind of taking our dead and sort of memorializing, but in some ways cheapening their deaths. I loved that because it was such a, that's a big question. I was like, damn, mm-hmm. I don't know the answer or if there is an answer. I found it fascinating. Yeah, it's um, interesting. It's one of the few times in this book now that the book's kind of addressing what are the stories about what we're actually reading or, or what are the stories that are be, going to be told on Seven Cities? What are the yeah. stories that are going to become how people think about these things? Because if history is just these stories, how they're formed is yeah. so, so important. Yeah, mm-hmm. loved it. That was so cool. And then, uh, of course, Nether's like, Yo, the plague's hunting Malazans. And I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> like, I don't know what the solution to that is because they're just kind of stuck there waiting for a boat, right? And yeah. hoping the plague mm-hmm. doesn't get there. I hope our stragglers from the 14th catch up before the boat gets there. That'd be a stunt. Be a stunt? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. And then, uh, India, last thing. We uh, learn out that uh, Tellerist and uh, Turtle <laughs> fuck. are uh, actually dragons. It makes no sense <laughs> but in a way all the but sense. in a way all the sense but in a way the only reason that i'm like huh is because they were hopping around as those little baby dragon things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're like ah, but like <laughs> yeah they they knew how to stand and stuff yeah mm-hmm. yeah which is like but it's just like typical like see what the fuck like <laughs> but fascinating and i still don't but but what does that mean you know well like, what is that like are they like the things that turn into people and dragons yeah are they taste that was my so, question so i think the big thing is we've like the one thing they made clear in the dragon talk in like chapter six i Something think like that Something right before, right before the big battle there's that scene with cotillion talking to yeah. somebody in the shadow plane and the one that they make clear yeah. is that, like, you cannot trust dragons. They are, like, an inherently, like, greedy and selfish being, and they want power. And that's why, like, some people have been trying to murder them for the entire history of their existence. Yeah. So it really is just setting it up that these two are going to try and betray Absalom, which we knew, but I feel like it makes more sense now knowing they're dragons. To be honest, that sounds like propaganda. <laughs> I, look, I'm hearing you, yeah. I mean, we've never met a dragon besides Anamander Rake and the red one, so... But even... And who doesn't literally love Anamander Rake? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> well, Anamander Rake's not a dragon. He's a yeah, soul so he's, taken. That's true, he's that's true. He takes the yeah. form the of difference? a dragon. So, like, soul taken can take the form of something, but, like, Anything? there are... 
Uh, no. I think it yes, depends on their power, anything. probably. But a lot of soul taken are elaint soul taken, so yeah, they yeah, turn yeah. into dragons. But I think there's like true dragons, like the one that's crucified, and so that's probably like the ones that people are scared of. There's probably some weird shit with them. You know, I don't know. <laughs> well, listen, uh, yeah. I gotta <laughs> tell you guys. I had an awesome time reading these chapters. I like these two a lot. Good yeah, chapters. Yeah, these were these were these were definitely. Um, I feel like after chapter, what the long chapter what was that seven? Yeah, yeah. And we had like a lull in my well, opinion, the, uh, which kind of makes sense. They like he had to like we kind of had to be a. Oh, we were falling. Yeah. We had to come down from our high. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what. Yeah, well, I mean, Absolutely. I mean, going back to going back to Steve talking about these being two books, like the the last few chapters that we had read before these were all like the resolution and stuff right. of that first book. And now we are into the second book where, where we are now again, meeting the players and setting up what is going to happen yeah. in this second yeah. book. Yeah. Um, so. Not I'll complaining. Just, yeah. And I'll just say this, uh, just love to, uh, Never mind. Not gonna say it. Make a podcast with my not friends. Gonna, I love, love to... talking to my friends. That's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say. I also love talking to my friends. <laughs> love talking to my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. We, you know what? We haven't done it in a while. Uh, you, 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 Josh, what's a prediction for what's gonna happen in the rest of the book? The well, if this if the fourteenth get on a boat, I, they're gonna go away from seven cities, and I I imagine they'll go to Malaz uh, Isle. Or Malice City, which is in Tuan Kali, right? I think they'll go to Tuan Kali. Tuan Tali. Yep, that's what I said. Tuan Tali. That's what I said. So um, I think they're going to go there. And that is based purely off the fact that there is a map of that in the beginning (laughs) of the book. (laughs) Uh, I was looking at the maps earlier because I I was really mixing up Gadanispan and Genabacus. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I tried to find Gadanispan and it's fucking nonsense. But yeah, there's like a there's a good map of Central Malazan Island Empire Quantali, so they got to go there. Which is south of Seven Cities. Yes, Um, and in betwixt the two is Strike. mm. India prediction for uh, something happening soon. Um, my prediction is that this is dumb. I don't know. Think about Carsa. That's an easy one. I don't know. AJ, go first. Okay. So I think. I mean, do you want like what we think is going to happen the rest of the book or just what do we think is going to happen next? Because I don't know if I have an answer for what's going to happen next. AJ, just give me a hot take. Just a okay. hot off the... A hot take? S- you want a hot take? I hot think, take. I think uh, Scalara's child has Greyfrog's soul. I don't know how demon oh, souls work. Shit. but <laughs> I didn't even think that's about a hot that, take. AJ. That's, a, that's what I call a hot take. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. Sizzles on the pan. Really, yeah. That was yeah. Hot, hot take from Inge. God, you gotta okay. back off. It's a little... <laughs> a hot take from End is that... Here we go. Hot off the presses. Whiskey Jack is actually Iskar. I, yeah. <laughs> All right. A little but cooler India, than... No, well, but India, how do you think that's gonna, like, no, manifest in the book? Why. Do you think we're know. just gonna be like, oh, look, it's Whiskey Jack? <laughs> or do you think it's gonna be, like, weird time, like, portal I or something? I don't even know how to make a hot take right now. I have no fucking idea what's going on. When I genuinely tell you this book is made... It's just a... I, I don't... I really am not following anything. I hmm. don't know what's going on. <laughs> But you like it. <laughs> I like it. I mean, I like everything I read. Like jo- I, I say this all the time. Like everything I read is present moment. I am literally mm. the most mindful person when I read this book because I have no idea what's going on in the past and I have no idea what's going on in the future. So <laughs> you're just staying in the present, baby. You're staying I'm just, current. Literally, like I'm yeah. just a current reader. So <laughs> I read me- one letter at a time. I can't even read the whole word. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. It's just a series of paragraphs. So honestly, Peter, I can't give you one right now mm. 
That's all right, Inge. Don't sweat it. That's going to do it for us here today on our show. Let us know what you think of it at 10VeryBigBooks at Gmail on Twitter. And uh, next time on the show, we're talking about, we're going to get into something. Chapters 14, 15, and 16. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you then. And... Uh, Good morning, Vietnam, you know? Good. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't text and drive. See you. Bye. 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 Hello, everyone. Producer AJ here with a long boy. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to give us your thoughts or feelings about this or any of our episodes, you can always email us at 10VeryBigBooks at gmail.com or tweet us at 10VeryBigBooks. Or you can head on over to our Discord, bit.ly slash VBB Discord. That's capital V, capital B, capital B, capital D, Discord. That link will also be in the show notes. Thank you as well to all of our wonderful patrons over on Patreon. If you'd like to pledge to our Patreon, you can head on over to patreon.com slash 10VeryBigBooks. Link is also in the show notes. And as always, thank you so very much to Dan Gesserick for making our spectacular cover art. You can follow him on Twitter at A underscore W underscore Dan G for a tweet about missing Butler. And of course, the wonderful music in today's episode is by the one and only Amaranthan from their album Simulant Rain, which you can find along with their other music on bandcamp.com. Links to their pages will be in the show notes and 10 very big books. We'll be back in two weeks on July 2nd, where we will be discussing the Bone Hunters chapters 14, 15, and 16. I'll talk to you then, and thank you so, so much for listening. Do you think um, we could get sponsored for Trader Joe's? Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. Oh, yes, absolutely love not. Love that. Got it. Never mind. I mean, listen. If sp- if if they come a calling, you know, I I will. I would. We would probably say yes. I guess. Yeah.